0: Yes, sir, we promised you a great man oh, that night.
1: <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> the
0: last year Andre! The Chavacomania! is running wild! Oh, my God, what? What? <laughs>
1: ma 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 mut Oh, ma mut 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 Shout out to that guy, Greg. I like the delicious chicken. It was Rapop. It was Rapop. It's professional, it's
2: professional, professional wrestling. wrestling.
1: That's right, SUG. It is professional wrestling. And this is, uh, cheap heat on this, uh, week when I was, uh, I'm, I'm planning on taking vacation. But before vacation, we got a lot to do. Gotta hit a few things. Gotta talk, uh, King of the Ring. Gotta get everyone prepared. Cause in New York, we have a big couple of weeks of wrestling. Uh, this Sunday night, WWE is in White Plains. I just texted Sam Roberts to see if he wants to go. Uh, one of my favorite places to see a WWE show is at White Plains. It is, it's such an old school small building. It's a great, great time. And then of course, um, coming up just the, a week later, you have WWE returning to Madison Square Garden for TV for the first time in a decade, Raw and SmackDown, uh, at MSG and a man who will be in White Plains and at the garden. Uh, is joining us right now, having a classic uh, professional wrestler travel day, and in the midst of that day, he makes time for us. Drew McIntyre, Drew, welcome to Cheap Heat, man. How are you? Oh,
0: fantastic! I'm always excited to do interviews in the airport and have everybody look at me. Really <laughs>
1: well, and and you're you're already a guy who draws attention in the airport. Generally, I'm guessing. Are you a guy who? A not only gets recognized, of course, by wrestling fans, but other people who are not wrestling fans who just assume you must do something.
0: Yeah, it's funny in America we generally guess it. Like if they don't know who I am, I just took a couple of pictures there. Um, they knew me from wrestling, but a couple of others asked if I was, uh, you know what, one a wrestler, or two from Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> you
1: would you would have been fantastic on Game of Thrones, by the way. Did it ever cross your mind?
0: Uh, maybe eventually one day. I know a lot of the, the guys in our industry uh, tend to take that path. It's obviously a, a logical transition being so comfortable in front of the camera. It's not something I really thought about. Although I do tell people all the time, I'm working on a Braveheart sequel. Since zombies are <laughs> all the rage now, where we have like the rise of Wallace, where <laughs> he returns as a zombie to extract his revenge on the English.
1: Um, well, I, I you know, you're, you're one of the few superstars who I've never really interacted with very much. Uh, at wwe or in interviews um but i've always enjoyed your work quite a bit and you know it's been nice this run you've had the last couple of years first of all did you always expect when you left the company several years ago did you always assume there would be another chapter for you with wwe
0: um certainly initially and the first thing i did was jericho's podcast and i said uh, you know i'll be back and uh i'll be back a uh, grown up will be back a changed man, which is true, that's what happened. But honestly, as I was on my journey and I was actually making such a difference uh, around the world, especially the UK scene and helping grow it, especially um, in Scotland and in St. Championship Wrestling and my own company, when I returned, the biggest show was about a thousand people and then and my first big show after that, we got 2,000 people and then 4,000 people. And then the last big show, we had 7,000 people. Wow. And with Evolve, obviously, and when I won the Tire my first match there. I was working with guys like Ricochet and Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano and people I'd never really heard of before. And I was a man, I really need to put this place on the map. And I was defending the title across the world, and I felt like I was really making a difference to the companies like, all across the world It got to the point where I was thinking, well, maybe I won't go back to WWE because you know, I'm actually able to increase business, improve wrestling. And obviously the name WWE is what sells the product. Unless you're John Cena or The Rock, the name WWE is what sells our shows. And I was actually making such a difference. It got to the point where I didn't think I would go back. And then eventually my impact contract came up. My wife and I decided not to to re-sign. And it got to the point where I was figuring I'd probably go to Japan. And around that time, William Regal, was a mentor of mine, told me, you know, have a conversation with Paul, like Hunter, uh, Triple H, and I did. And in that conversation, it was very clear to me it was time to go home, and I was going to start with NXT. That was the smart audience who knew the journey that I'd been on at that time. And,
1: and how much can you look back at your first run and, like, clearly see some of the things that you needed to improve on? Like, if you were to watch something of yours from... Five six years ago, can you see it and right away? Go, that's not the way I would do it today.
0: Oh, absolutely! I can't even watch my old stuff. I mean, I force myself to watch my current stuff so that really we can improve. I don't like watching myself. I'm such a big critic, but yeah, like when I watch it back, I and the funny thing is, aside the fact that I pick apart um, what I'm watching on the screen, I also know my mentality at the time was. God, why am I not champion? Why am I not doing more? I Even mean, in CMB, I was like, God, why am I not champion? Why am I not doing more? And then I look at it and go, oh, you could not put that guy against somebody like The Undertaker for it to be believable. And I was certainly not uh, ready at the time, like in the ring and out the ring. It's easy to see now, but at the time, I certainly believed I was. So, hopefully now, with everything I've been through, and feeling like I'm ready for that opportunity. Hopefully I'm not wrong this time, but I certainly feel a lot different now. So, uh,
1: one thing that I that I talk about with you in particular, and, you know, listen, no matter how close someone can get to the business, uh, the mentality of someone who talks and the mentality of someone who actually works is totally different. And so I, I would never pretend to understand the mentality of an in-ring performer. So as someone who talks about it, though, you know, a lot of us care whether it's stupid or not about wins and losses, and often we seem to care about it much more than the superstars themselves do. But in the case of someone like you, you're someone who I've brought up before on this show, needi- in my opinion, as an outsider, needing to get more wins, needing to get meaningful wins in big spots um, because you're such a dominant uh, presence, and you're a guy that when you see your your look not just physically but the way you've been the way the whole kind of drew mcintyre brand has been put together you know you, you were my pick to win king of the ring for example obviously i was incorrect about that um is do you care is that something that weighs on you at all putting together wins or is, is it just not important to you in terms of how the character gets built
0: uh i mean i don't think i, I worry about it as much as, as a lot of people and I appreciate it Um, with people like yourself and the fans out there. And I speak to them and I see uh, what they say uh, about what their opinion, what I should currently be doing. Uh, But I just think about the big picture now. Like, I do understand we have, um, you know, like so much um, TV time every single week, especially when I was on Raw and SmackDown. I do understand we have 52 weeks a year and we have – Sorry, this is somebody staring at me right now. I'm trying to <laughs> walk away and give a little, them, corner. give <laughs> them a little, little corner over here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't worry about it as much as others. But the truth is, you know, perception is reality. And uh, you know, if, if I lose too many big ones in a row, the audience will obviously not believe in me as big a threat as I probably should be. So, I think we're totally the line right now. We're still okay, but. It Probably shouldn't be two more big losses in a row if I'm going to be a believable threat for a top baby basis, the Way I look at
1: it. Now, is that is that the kind of thing that a superstar is comfortable bringing up, or is it the kind of thing where you feel sort of like, you know, too much of a fan of yourself? If you're like, hey guys, you know, I, I just don't think I would lose this match. I, I, I feel like that would be an awkward spot to be in because you obviously you hear the stories of people who notoriously care so much about their character that they almost come off as clowns because they are counting every win and every loss. But at the same time, I imagine there would be times when you kind of want to say, like, hey, guys, are we sure we want to book it that way? Is is that a comfortable thing to do? How do you handle that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll certainly bring it up if I feel like we're going too far. Like, I wouldn't say, like, hey, guys, I've been counting the wins and losses here because the truth is everything can change in a second and you can be involved in a an impactful storyline that can just instantly change your perception of WWE it's like I say this is so much TV and uh, things can just uh, literally change uh, by the second but I'm not afraid to voice my opinion like, I'm not a mark about it like when I was younger I, said, uh, I was a bit, of, a bit more of an ego uh, a bit more complaining all the time and I would so I was thinking why am I losing this why am I doing this now it's more bigger picture and like I said already I'll maybe present it as in the future, if we want, like a Seth Rollins, to face a credible heel who's not in Brock Lesnar, we gotta be careful not to have too many losses where the fans to lose the perception of this guy's a genuine threat, is the way I look at it. I try to look at it as a businessman now, rather than, we're likely to turn my mark.
1: Right, right, right. Now, th- that makes perfect sense. Now, the garden show coming up, uh, it's just been announced Steve Austin will be at the Raw, uh, at the garden. Obviously being a New Yorker and that being my, you know, just such a historic venue. Um, do you get particularly psyched up to know you're doing TV from the Garden?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about it. I've never done TV from the Garden, as far as I'm aware. Even during my first run, I was initially signed when I was 21. that was, God, I'm 34 now. Uh, it was 12, it was 13 years ago. I don't believe we've had a TV taping from the Garden. It's such a special place. Um, every house show we've had there that's the kind of place that Vince a will show up himself because it's basically hometown for WWE and it has such a unique vibe. and We want to give it a WrestleMania-style performance every time because the fans just love it and they're so passionate about it. You know, us, me especially, and a lot of our roster, we love it, we're so passionate about it. We want to give everyone an incredible show, even if it's just a live event. But now we'll the get TV there, we'll the get Stone Cold coming to Raw, we The Undertaker coming to SmackDown. It's really going to be a couple of special days that I'm particularly looking forward to.
1: Speaking of The Undertaker, did you, um with him being back recently, have you gotten, have you had an opportunity to, um to get his ear and, and learn anything from, from The Dead Man?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I was a kid, he was like a mentor, uh, to me when I was doing The Chosen One stuff. And uh, he was pretty much pretty in charge of me, himself and Fit Finley were basically my mentors at the time. Looking back, as we talked about uh, and at the time, all these lessons were perhaps going over my head, but eventually they clicked as I got a little older. Now it's funny, like when we talk, when we're talking on the same level. And it's pretty cool uh, to be a stage in my career where... We're able just to sit down as just like two men talking back and forth and our views in the business, and it's pretty cool that they're very similar views uh, about how we feel about things and the way the you know, things are today, like good and bad. And I was very excited to have that match, and it was obviously a couple prior to that one weren't particularly uh, nice work Now I can good. <laughs> so I was very excited uh, that. Like take and Roman, myself and Shane, we have to have that tag match. And If I get the opportunity of the singles in the future, I guarantee everybody and I guarantee him personally that will blow uh, we'll the roof
1: off. Yeah, and I thought that was a really good match. I enjoyed the placement of it to start the show. I thought it was a really good use of The Undertaker. I thought you guys all did a great job. I thought it was just the right way to use The Undertaker in a way that was meaningful, and still special, but also, uh, was able to incorporate other people's talents to kind of make the match go. Um, hey, Drew, listen, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying your run right now. Um, I'm still disappointed. I think it should have been King McIntyre, but it's all right. There'll be other opportunities and, uh, we look forward to seeing you, uh, here in New York.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I apologize uh, for the background noise. And as I say, I can see about four people hovering around in the background here. You should off my train of thought. No, no.
1: Well, listen, you should treat it like the 1980s and and give them like a really mean scowl or just like, you know, push them away. You know, classic 1985 heel stuff.
0: I wish I could. (laughs) In real life, unfortunately, Drew McIntyre on screen, he's such a badass, such an evil man. Drew Galloway (laughs) in real life, can't help it. have
1: to be nice. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it, man.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. Cheers. All right. Take care. Thanks, Pete. Thanks,
1: Joe. There it is. That's, uh, that is Drew McIntyre. Um, uh, Dipperstein will be sad to hear that in real life, Drew, Drew Galloway is a really nice guy. Um, I know, I know that hurts Dipperstein.
0: You're hurting me.
1: But, uh, that is the guy that he is. And I apologize for the quality of the call, but hey, these guys are on the road traveling. So it is what it is. Um, White Plains this Sunday night. Um, I think I'm going to go to the show and just hang out and take it in. And then a week later, Monday Night Raw at the Garden, followed by SmackDown. There's still tickets for all these shows. So, um, yeah, I don't think you want to miss the the Garden shows. I've been very excited about these since they first got put on the calendar. So um, now we will bring in SGG, and we will break down the week that was in pro wrestling. You know what? We didn't even play this yet. Today is the beginning of the shoot era of Cheapy. The only way to have fun is to take the gloves. Screw it. If I offend them, oh well. What I am going to do is call it down the line every single week. Ma, 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 ma. I love wrestling. Uh, so damn it, I am not giving up the podcast. Oh. Hell no. I'm doubling down and going the other way. Oh my goodness. F*** Bring it on. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. SGG, how are you today? I'm doing great. And we pick up Cheap Heat. Um, we're watching now. We jump ahead. I was talking to Drew McIntyre earlier. Now Greg and I are watching SmackDown.
2: Oh, that was a beautiful knee.
1: You know I'm very excited about Shelton Benjamin being in his King of the Ring matchup against Chad Gable. However, the setup for the story was so ridiculously... Anti- there it is. Oh, my And God. he's eliminated. I, the setup was so painfully obvious.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're hurting me.
1: Yeah, you are hurting me. That's how I feel.
0: You're hurting me.
1: I mean, Sheldon has to come up and be, and just bully Chad Gable and be like, look at you, shorty. I mean, <laughs> right. we just, instead of you thinking we don't know who's going to win. Can you pause that, by the way? The TV? The, yeah.
2: I want to see this updated bracket.
1: Oh, sure. There you go. You got, uh, in on the Raw side, you have Joe and Ricochet in the second round. And the winner of that will face the winner of Cedric Alexander and Baron Corbin. Then on the SmackDown side, you have Elias and Ali and Gable and Andrade. And I don't know. They somehow managed out of everyone who was there to give us, well, two of the next round are great. Gable Andrade. Gable
2: Andrade is going to be.
1: That should be tremendous. (sighs) And then Joe and Ricochet should be tremendous.
2: Yeah, although seeing Ricochet there makes me worry for uh, Cedric Alexander because they are so so similar. It, it feel I don't it, see them going up against. It each sort other in the of feel
1: it sort of feels like Corbin is gonna have a run here. Yeah. But to me, I, I think so as well. When I saw Corbin get the win over the Miz on Monday, it just made me think that's where we're going. Then Joe and Ricochet. I feel like, I feel like now, damn, I feel like it's going to be Corbin through. Although it's a great spot for Alexander to get a big win. You don't know because I, I do like him as a, as a winner for this. We all know that my, my pick eliminated. We just talked about it with Drew McIntyre. And then my, the guy I wanted to see win just as a fan would have been Shelton Benjamin also eliminated.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, no offense to Shelton Benjamin, but we knew he wasn't going to go deep.
1: That's a fact. Um, and now I'm going to just go based on straight friendship and, uh, root for go who I Samoa know and, and go with Samoa Joe, who I know and like the most. Let me see. I think Samoa Joe is the only person that I have any, re- I mean, listen, let me tell you something right now. Apollo is one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, but he's also gone. Like, it's also gone. Kevin Owens, you guys know, I'm not a fan. Fan of Jace. The the feud between Rosenberg and Kevin Owens is well documented at this point, and it's, on this
2: podcast on the WWE network,
1: and it's still and it's and frankly, it's still real to me. Damn it, because I can't tell if it is. Um, so yeah, it's not even close. And, uh, Ricochet, really nice guy. Only only had one real in depth conversation with him. Tremendous guy, though. But Joe's my guy. I mean, Joe. Let me tell you guys right now. I've told I've said it before on the show. One day, I I look forward to Joe being out of the wrestling game. Cause Joe, the podcast guest will be the greatest. Phenomenal. He will be the best. Just to like randomly call Samoa Joe and get to pick his brain and talk trash when he doesn't have to worry about anything. Cause I'll tell you what Joe's doing right now. Joe is getting them checks that he earned for his entire career. That, that is well deserved. And, and so we have our moments, I think, when all of us, you know, would like to see more. And I think with good reason. Um, but at the same time, you should all, like, you know, I think we always want everyone to get their accolades and, you know, get everything they're due. I don't know if we get that with Joe, but I will tell you this. He's getting his money for sure.
2: <laughs> like I said, well-deserved. I
1: mean, he earned this over an entire career. He's a veteran at this point. And, and really, I mean, had he come to this company earlier, the the... The,
2: the accolades that you want him to have would already be there.
1: They'd already be there. The stories he would have had with Cena, you know, with everyone mage.
2: I feel like that one, they, they sort of missed the boat on... Because uh, they still could have had it. They could have. They still, There was still time, and now Cena's sort of winding down, and, and Joe it, is gearing up. Like, they, they they just missed the boat on it.
1: Yeah, I don't know if if... I don't know. I mean, I want to say... My gut tells me, well, you know, they don't give Joe enough credit for him to get his match with John Cena. But at the same time, the way they view Cena recently, he's not worthy of Samoa Joe. Right. John Cena freestyled at one WrestleMania and then had an unannounced job out to The Undertaker in five minutes. That was so quick. I mean, we
2: all saw it coming. Um, we knew that he was going to end up having a match with The Undertaker. It didn't end up being an official match. They never announced it, and they just, they just pulled him out of the crowd to lay down and look up at the lights.
1: It was... crazy. Absolutely crazy. I thought I would play my drop that way, and it didn't work, so I'll have to play it this way.
0: You're hurting me.
1: That's how I felt. So with the new updated bracket, is your
2: is your pick...
1: Uh, updated bracket pick? Um is it Baron Corbin?
2: I think Andrade's still
1: my pick. Or is it Ali? King Ali would be fire. But again, I don't think his character is understood enough. They're not going to make him a full blown heel. And that, I really think a, a heel has to win. A heel has to win. King I, I believe that a babyface King of the Ring is a waste of time.
2: So let's pull up this. Did we run through the King of the Rings list? You ran through it last week, right?
1: I went through it last week. You look you look at the I can't think two of who else ago. was a
2: baby face. It was Brett
1: Edge. Well, here's everybody the, else was Heel. Well, here's the problem. If you don't remember it, that tells you all you need to know.
2: Well, no, it was Brett Brett Owen um who was in
1: 95, Mabel Heel, right? Heel. Um then Austin then
2: 97 was Triple
1: H. Austin was, you know, turning he was he was Nah, we got to we got to throw austin firmly
2: in that heel, heel. he was
1: i mean the fact is he was he got a promo
2: in... on jake and jesus yes to win the his same time.
1: Like... right well said well said that's true um even though we think of it as so awesome and loved at the time he was a heel so yeah that's the thing it, it just you know you think about harley race you heel. think of macho king
2: <laughs>
1: uber K- heel king booker heel owen hart heel. the king of hearts um, and even
2: Brett, he won the King of the Ring and then what's the first thing that happened to him? He ends up feuding with King, King Jerry Lawler. Heel.
1: Um it's, the King moniker is a heel thing. It just, it, it is to act like a, like, you know, in society, Kings are heels. Queens can be loved and revered. Kings, pretty much heels. Do you think they go
2: that route with the Queen of the Ring tournament? Or is this like, That moniker is gonna stay with Charlotte and just never go anywhere.
1: That would be fun because she'd have to fight to actually be the true queen. Oh, now on SmackDown, they're showing the video footage that's very clear and has been clear for weeks now of Rowan sneaking off. I noticed that. What was we noticed like two weeks in? Daniel Bryan just noticed it. Oh, and he smacks Rowan across the face. He's the oh, he smacks him again. Oh, and again. This is an interesting. I didn't see them going this way. These, by the way, these smacks. My guess is, you want my opinion? Making this up. <laughs> this is a great moment, by the way. Daniel Bryan's the best. He just open faced smacked him as hard as he could five times in a row, and just took the mic and now was walking and talking. Let's hear. Let's try to tune in for a second.
2: We get some audio here. It feels like a news broadcast
1: I I didn't know anything That man Has lied to me He has lied to me And he has betrayed me Somebody Somebody Has told Roman to do this And it wasn't me It wasn't me He's now in the ring with Roman Reigns
0: I don't know what to believe
1: anymore. He gets a yes chant from the crowd. Of circumstances. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Daniel, I'm a little disappointed i mean, you get to hear Daniel Bryan continue. Would have liked to have heard more before the spear, but it's okay. Um, I thought we were going to get Rowan out for the attack from, the, from behind. So what I was going to say to you was, don't you feel like Rowan had to tell him Yo, with my beard, hit me as hard as you want, because those slaps were huge. Yeah, he. But they were hitting the beard, and that that beard is so big. There's no doubt it makes a big difference.
2: You think so? Absolutely. See, I I can't even get like a big, glorious beard like that. So, like,
1: I I don't think I could either. But I'm pretty sure if you had a layer of fur there, for those slaps hitting that, it takes away all the the skin on skin 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 slap contact. Yeah. So it's just about how hard a slap you can hit, and that's rarely that hard. You know, it's more the skin to skin that really hurts. That is an expert analysis. Thank you very much. That is very I just well. I could tell Daniel Bryan. You don't. You rarely see people go that hard over and over and over again. Um. Yeah, I just think it's a heel. I just think it's a really heel thing to have. We're not going to watch Miss and Misses on the, show. <laughs> the season finale. Although people might enjoy that, you know, a very special. Um. Here, just for you, I'll, how about I turn on Yankees pregame for you? You want that? <laughs> sure. Um so we'll see now where we land if it ends up being Baron Corbin. But listen. We've already said a lot. Uh we have to say talk about some other things. SGG, you were not here last week. You were I decided to reinstate you.
2: Thank you. I mean
1: I apologize profusely. Yeah, you know, you made it clear that it was all a mistake. It was. Those tweets were not meant to be public. No. And um it wasn't his account also. I, I was, mean, it was some. I mean, someone hacked him. It was a family member. I'm and, still looking
2: into which member of the Bollea family hacked my account and yeah. sent out those inflammatory... We don't know if
1: it was Nick. Um We don't know if it was Brooke. Could even be the uh, ex-wife.
2: Could. It could have been. It could, it could have been uh Brother Brutus. Brother Brutus, yeah. could have been Horace.
1: We don't know. Well, I mean, you you heard what I said about what Hogan said about Brutus. I no, no. Was it Brutus that he says about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean that wasn't a real friendship, you know. I mean he just hung around and nagged us. It was my real friend was Macho Man. That's my best friend. the The one who everyone loves and revere?s He's my best friend. The other guy the, who uh, no one yeah. really cares much about, the hanger on. Yeah, he's just a hanger on or loser. You know, I gave him Mega Maniacs just for fun. Um <laughs> So, we should talk about the fact that uh your feelings on. I told the listeners that there was some dissension in the group chat about NXT. I think I said said this. You did. About NXT going to USA. Where do you stand now, SGG? Are you more concerned that it's going to become a Hulk Hogan-driven vehicle? Or are (laughs) you still confident that it will maintain its feel of the indie darling of the WWE universe?
2: I think it's going to maintain its feel of the uh, the indie darling of the WWE universe because they are not, they're not stupid. NXT is a thing that has worked and it's worked a certain way for so long that to completely go in a different direction with it just because it's on the USA network makes no sense. And I know that for a lot of people, the concern was more involvement by Vince McMahon. Um, that was the issue and people don't seem to trust it but what people hey what people fail to realize is we don't know what's going to happen we have to see it play out that's number 1 number 2 for as much as we talk about Vince McMahon being out of touch and you know everything he touches turns to garbage Vince is responsible for some things that we love happening right now Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> oh I'm sorry, I just went back to two thousand five. <laughs> and was, the
2: first thing I see the red and yellow
1: Hulkamania running wild, brother. Um uh, Greg, yeah. I, I like your attitude. I I'm 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 gonna remain hopeful. But I'll say I this I have my doubts though. I, I do have some concerns.
2: I'll say this though too. Like Vince so Vince has been Sort of rubber stamping NXT for a while, giving Triple H the ball and just letting him do whatever he wants to do. He knows little to nothing about NXT. And if Vince being more involved means that when people transition to another brand, he actually knows who they are.
1: That could help and what to do with them. But is it worth it if it's at the expense of the product no longer being special? He doesn't have to touch it, he just has to So you're you're watch. You're, you're just taking the hopeful path he just has to watch so you think you're hoping he will do that because you don't know
2: we don't none of us know that's the thing none of us know
1: right that's the sad part
2: i see uh huh.
1: now i know i should be doing some mail mail but i don't feel like it um i did not plan on doing a show this week i am on vacation this week i'm not working however i'm not doing a great job not working (laughs) right
2: because look at us now
1: because i already recorded an interview earlier today and now we're doing this, uh, but we're just going to have some fun and keep it loose and make this little bonus because I didn't think we'd have an episode. And then, yeah, I think that I'm was just...
2: so corny, by the way, to Hogan and Sean shaking hands after.
1: Why'd they do like it was so like, OK, you can't let your guys end on a bad note. Like HBK was just a heel. Right. And now he's just making up with him. He was a heel for a month. And I he did good work too. No, that's what I'm saying. He did good work. by the way, it's not even fair to Sean. He did real good work. Because his turn, the face he made, the like blank stares and like you know, he took out Piper. He he made it a meaningful month and then afterwards he's just like, Hey man, let's just shake hands. I don't remember what he comes out and says here. We're watching for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, because maybe you're not a total nerd, he follows every bit of not only wrestling we talk about, but the wrestling that I say I'm watching privately. We're watching the August 22nd. I was like right now, like a week ago, 2005. Yeah, wow. August 22nd, 2005. It's the night after SummerSlam. It's the night after uh HBK and Hulk Hogan had their match and now Raw opens with HBK coming out to cheers. And he's smiling. And he's smiling. And he's, and
2: he's, he's actually engaging the crowd in a positive way even though like you said, he had been a heel.
1: So or... so this is this is my experiment right now and maybe it'll be right now, like this very moment we're watching. I have a strong belief that the business changed sometime between 05 and 06. The, the previous era, the ruthless aggression era, officially died somewhere in 05 to 06. I'm now in August of 05. It still feels like the previous era, not okay. the one we're currently in or the one that came after the Cena Batista just the real graduation from and I, and I'm trying to figure out what the moment is because SummerSlam 05 was was a damn good show. You know there were silly things on it. You know Eugene versus Kurt Angle But even Eugene versus Kurt Angle, frankly, something that's silly is more reminiscent of the period before, not the period after. So it's not things like that. You know, the the stuff they have going on with women is kind of crazy. At this point, it's Edge and Matt Hardy. And by the way, I had to ask you about this. Do you remember the finish to Edge and Matt Hardy at Summerslam? Matt
2: Hardy got beaten into like submission. He he didn't say I quit, but he just did
1: not continue. So do we think that's Did anything happen in that match? Or was that just complete story? Was no finish at all? He didn't tap. He didn't do it. They just stopped it. They're just like, oh, it's over. The ref's calling for the bell. I feel like. That doesn't happen every day. I
2: feel like he got injured or something. Something happened. I don't think that was supposed to be the finish where he just got. Or he got busted open in some way that was too much. Yeah, I think that was not supposed to be the finish where he just got beaten into submission. Because if you're Matt Hardy, how do you agree to that? You know the circumstances that you left under. You come back, you're white hot, and then And get, and
1: and the heel stole your girlfriend. Right. And then you get beaten. But this isn't the end. To the point of not continuing? This is the first. This is the first of the series. But Yeah, no, I don't I don't You
2: get beaten to the point of But not doesn't continuing. it eventually
1: doesn't it eventually end? Doesn't the whole series end with Edge on top? It does, right? Yeah, it does. Edgingly to
2: move on to championships, and- yeah, and, and Matt Hardy gets relegated
1: <laughs> no. to whatever he did. You're laughing now, at the yeah.
2: because the whole idea is absurd.
1: But by the way, the it did work out for Matt Hardy. He got his, he got a wife, he got a family. That was his concerns in the right. story. No, listen, his
2: personal life was always going to be all right, right? But it,
1: <laughs> the professional life to, to to sacrifice that much to say we can use this, right? I'm gonna, yes, you know what. We don't have to keep that part private. I will let it play out. I'll work with this guy who was my friend who just took my girlfriend. Right. I'll work with him.
2: Kudos to both of them for keeping it professional. Yes. But also. And I think like, they, and
1: I think they're now, they ended up of course good years later. But to agree to that. That's. To agree to that. So that's why I, someone who knows or remembers, email us, <laughs> rosenbergbeats <laughs> at gmail.com. Was that a legit, cause how do you end it though? He beat way? him senseless. He beat him senseless. And then. And yo, they are working. So stiff in that match. Yeah, the punches are insane. If you remember, there's a spot where Hardy is trying to climb the top rope to do something to Edge, and Edge slips out and basically like throws him up and has him land on his face on the on the post. Yeah. Not only does he hit the the post, <laughs> at least it looks like he hits the post. The spill he takes out of the ring afterwards, Yo, know, Matt Hardy's. A wild boy.
2: Yeah, we tell, we say Jeff is wild. No, but they, Matt.
1: They have brothers for a reason. Yo, and they, and they were in the same repug backyard wrestling mm-hmm. situations. Matt Hardy, after he face plants on the post, just tips out of the top of the ring. So basically flips over his shoulder hits the apron and then he falls onto the floor. It is absolutely brutal. It's,
2: it's, it's incredible for. Everything that happens in the match, but it's also incredible that people do not talk about how insane that match is.
1: Well, I just think the storyline, you know, I mean, I've wanted, I've thought about wanting to write a whole movie off their storyline or a series. <laughs> I mean, it's the fact that they had to work with each other. If you, and there are people listening right now who your times in wrestling are such, you were either a fan earlier or a fan later and you didn't care about Edge and Matt Hardy. And I get it. I can hear myself saying, but Matt Hardy caught it at the right time though too because this was like
2: the the internet was things were still bubbling on the internet. He went he went on but this was before social media. He was just had like websites and YouTube videos about what was going on. People were paying attention and then he got. Well, himself and and fired. do you remember you
1: remember Lita went on the Todd Grissom's little bite this show <laughs> yep. and she's like, I'm allowed to date who I want and like it seemed like a real interview. She was like, I don't care what fans think. Yep. Like I'm I'm on. I'm a character from nine to eleven, but then I'm a real person. If if you've never spent any time to realize how insane it is,
2: he got fired. He got. He was legit gone, and it wasn't a one of those vacations. They he was fired.
1: No, wait. I thought it was originally though. I thought the original relationship between Edge and Lita started when he was hurt. He was hurt, and then and then they fired. He
2: found out that they had a thing going on, and, and he wilded he went, it out. Yep, and then they were like, "All right." You're gone. And then he got so white hot on the internet, they were like, okay, we'll come back.
1: We got to bring you back. And then he got beat senseless in that first. So if you can just think about how incredible it is for Edge and Matt Hardy to have had the feelings they had about each other and to work together and and protect each other over... I mean, they had to work over and over and over again. And by the way, sometimes it was brutal. It didn't look like they were doing that much protecting and they were some more just... You know, I wonder how much Edge thought... You know, Edge I think is a good dude. And I'm guessing, even if he was at that point not a great dude, I think he's a good enough human being that he was probably like, I just gotta take some of this. Yeah. Like some of it, I know Matt's gonna work stiffer than I'm working. And like that's just gonna that's how it's gonna be. Yeah. And like who would I be to go just as hard back at him or harder? Like you kind of you
2: put us in the situation. You
1: kind of and the crowd's rooting for him. So he should be the one who actually looks like he's doing a little bit more. He is the one who was wronged. So the fact that they were able to work together going through that to me, it's one of the many stories that sum up why I find the business so fascinating.
2: it, It is a testament to, like you just said, the business that like two dudes who are friends and can work well together like a KO and a Sami Zayn, right? You know, there's always magic there. But then, two dudes who hate each other and legitimately don't like each other and women too, you put them together and you let them go and it's just, it's just as great because you can feel that tension. Like, you would, in in no other circumstance would you take coworkers who hate each other and say, here, now let's throw conflict in this and say what you want and rile each other up and go and, you know, say these despicable things. Well, you want to know the
1: saddest comparison, unfortunately? Was that? Loving hip-hop. Yeah, it's true. That would be the only other place. Reality shows are the only other place that you can find. And that's why. To the same effect, to people watching and wanting more. Yeah, it's just that this involves this physical art form together. and Anyways, it's amazing. So, SUG. Um, We've gone on a tangent. Many tangents.
2: I do want to say, though, I, I agree with your assessment of the business sort of taking a shift around this time and I want to ask do you think it has anything to do with the death of Eddie Guerrero in
1: 2005 so that's coming in in where I am that's that's coming because it happens in oh five. um I'll be curious to see whether after in that after that moment something changed because
2: even you know I don't want to be too accusatory but Chris Masters is on our screen looking very very muscular yes and then he goes away for a while and comes back looking very slim down.
1: He last year though for a while. This is the beginning. So Masters isn't going to leave for a minute. This is full blown master lock challenge. Although, wow. So they're going to throw him into a story with H B K the next day. I mean H B K is full time at this point. So yeah. Wow. Yo H B K. So so um. I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, H B K could still really go. Do you know how old he is? Here? Yeah. Don't do any math. Just what do you think when you look at him? I'm going to say 40, 42. He's only 42. So, like, in one sense, but you're like, wow, look how good he could still work. It's like, well, he was 42. He had actually just taken off for years. Four. <laughs> Four. Like, he, he, he saved a lot of mileage. So, his 42 here, they get to use him like he's a much older like he's really at the end. They milked that he's at the end kind of thing. It was like five years. It was. Where he was really still in his prime. When you think about it, HBK at 42 is like a, another guy, maybe a 37, 38. I don't, don't get me wrong. I know he went through his stuff, did his share of drugs, did everything. I'm sure there is. The back injury that was back supposed injuries. to end his career. So he, don't get me wrong. He went through serious stuff, but he also took off for years, which, which had to help. Um, you know, his hair is barely holding on, but it's still there. And he could still move. He's and in I, great shape.
2: I'm watching too, and I, I'm like, his eye. When does that happen to his eye? Because what? What happened? Like the lazy eye. When does that happen? That has to happen from like an in. I, I didn't know that Hbk has a lazy eye. I hate to break it to you. Breaking news. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, how bad is it? Bret Hart doesn't have one, but uh,
1: but yeah, Hbk. Wow! Wow! No. <laughs> oh my! god you're a bad guy that you're
0: hurting me oh i'm sorry
1: (laughs) but at the same time it's also
0: welcome to the shoot arrow baby
1: no i did
2: that for the hbk but no i'm serious though like he looks really good there like the hair is still long and
1: luxurious yeah i mean it's it's starting a little further back but it's still there
2: yeah it's retreating a little bit It's a little bit of a retreat but uh it's still luxurious but like i'm just wondering when he started to go through those changes
1: I just I'm trying to decide when my full blown heel heel turn on Jericho is gonna come. It's been hinted at for so long. <laughs> yeah. I've held on for so long. You
2: dropped the date of the episode of Raw, so if people are watching this, they know exactly what precipitated this. There's a
1: it's just Jericho on screen being Jericho. Like you know what it is? It's that people celebrate him so much and he's so damn good. Right? Like he is I can make so many arguments for why Jericho is awesome. But he's also such a... I just can't believe people don't see the obnoxious part of Jericho. Well,
2: here's the the thing. Or is that what they
1: like about it? They think it's the character.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Because when people... Because you really don't know. As a fan, you really do not know. So when you see certain people do certain things, you jump to it's a work, and then you start defending that person, and you're defending their actions as a work, and then they get to hide behind it's a work. But then... I'm just saying, sometimes it's not, some,
1: sometimes it's not as much work as you think. There are people out there who play heel and they do it really well, even though they're so not a heel in real life. I mean, Samoa dip, Joe is one of those people. Samoa Joe, I mean, dip cover years. Drew McIntyre said it when we were, he was saying earlier that people were staring at him and he felt awkward in the airport. I'm like, yo, pull some 80s heel nonsense and just talk trash or push him. And he's <laughs> right. like, he's like, oh, I wish I could. I saw it sometimes, but uh, you know, Drew Galloway is not like Drew McIntyre. I, you know, I, I can't help it. And um, some people, though, play it. It's a little closer, <laughs> right? Right. That's all I'm saying. So I'll, I'll wait. Though we're it's not gonna,
2: naming names. We're not, We're just saying. I, some mean, people. I mean, we're
1: leaving it vague. Some people. You. you I mean, simply because the conversation started about Chris Jericho doesn't mean not know
2: because remember we were talking about having. Luxurious hair, and Chris Jericho also had hair. By the way,
1: Jericho's hair at this point, phenomenal. It was. I mean, is. this is, uh, I mean, you could argue, I I guess this is slightly past Jericho's prime in 05. I guess you would argue it's like two Was he years.
2: just about to leave, or did he just, he was just about to leave, right? Yeah, he, has
1: feud. A, he has a little more time here. Okay. He goes to what, 07, I think? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. And then comes back in 10, maybe? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Um, definitely his best haircut though right of, I, of I all the Jerichos I would say it's the best hair but no I'll tell you one thing though I know what started this conversation so I was listening to Conrad and Bruce do 20 years of Jericho and they were talking about some things and I, it's hard even to explain it just it's almost like that part of the story seemed to be a little bit ignored and I'm like that has to be part of the Jericho story is that Jericho being Jericho It's part of it. And, and they got to a part where they were really Conrad and I've been listening to a ton of his stuff these days. So shout out to Conrad for making my drives better. I've been listening to JR, been listening to Bruce. I listened to some, uh, Shivani this week. Conrad had a moment of really being surprised, you know, that Jericho got paired with China and really thought that was like a step down for Jericho. What? And I'm like, I did not see it that way. Like he was like, he was basically asking Bruce, like, why would you book Jericho with China? You're basically burying Jericho. And I'm like, well, China was like, China was very over at that point. And China was
2: top, top five in the company.
1: And she was being, and she was a credible threat. Like it's, that's the, the point of that is useful. It, it's a great idea because A, um, they can elevate each other. I don't think Jericho. Which they did. And they did. And I don't think Jericho looks worse for working with China. I thought it was a very, it was a first weird... of all. China put hands on everybody
2: from from the beginning. She put hands on on Owen Hart Foundation members. Anybody who stepped to DX got snuffed up by China. So
1: no, she regularly put people in a bad position. I don't think it was. I, I look at all of uh, she'd be going sergeant slaughter, elderly everybody caught it. I, I I look at all of China's work, her intergender work as legit. I listen. I know she wasn't, you know, trained in Japan and the world's greatest wrestler but i'll tell you what as a fan as someone who doesn't understand how wrestling works she looked credible to me she did not look super fake to me like i can name other superstars who we hold in a lot higher regard and esteem whose work looked a lot less realistic than china yeah if i'm I'm just being totally real with you i I think china worked in a way that looked totally legit like if you were to have frankly all this time later if you were to have a dude work with ronda or becky it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as credible as working with China. It's it's I, you don't want to rewrite history. China was mage, dude, super mage.
2: Even like Beth Phoenix when they would throw her in. No, to it wasn't up, China.
1: Beat up men It worked. It worked enough. It didn't work like China though. No. So I, I just I thought that was a, a bit of a miss. Then again, Conrad talks about wrestling ninety hours a week, so he's he's allowed to have one or two opinions throughout the course of the week that I disagree with. In fact, he'd be doing a bad job if he didn't. Um so, SGG, we we we've talked some about NXT to USA. It is certainly it does certainly make it clear that there's something going on. What, you you're wearing a Monday Nitro shirt, so you know what's going on. War
2: is back on. The battle is on,
1: and and it'll be very interesting. The, the number one scenario here, now from an interest standpoint, would be AEW beating NXT somewhat soundly. But here's the
2: here's the thing about that. For
1: if you want a storyline, that ha- they need that. Here's the it, it,
2: they they almost it's almost guaranteed that AEW is going to beat NXT in the ratings, and I don't think that necessarily is a worry for NXT. And I'll say this because NXT is going to the network USA network, excuse me, live two hours. That's cool. But wrestling fans are already into NXT is
1: going to two hours. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: But fans are already in a rhythm with NXT though. You go to the network, you watch it on demand. If I don't think people are gonna break that rhythm, especially with NXT going to the network on Thursdays for you to watch anyway, so I think fans are gonna space it out. And so, yeah, maybe, unless they don't do that, unless they don't, maybe NXT doesn't pick up those
1: Thursday night viewers, but I think they will. They may start treating it like um, the way they treat Raw, which doesn't get to the network for like another month. Yeah, it's like three weeks, but they said it was going the
2: the new episode was going the next day. Oh, they did. Okay, they already announced it. So I think as long as people...
1: Well, no, no, no. no. The, the pressure isn't on NXT. No, the not The pressure's on AEW. Because... You have to beat NXT. They have like, to. Like, not the first week. I mean, although you should. Let's say a month in. It's neck and neck. Okay. Over time, if you... if you, and I don't believe they don't care about being in the ballgame. If you care about being in the ballgame, you better beat the smallest brand they have. Right. That has a brand new show on TV.
2: And NXT... NXT is sort of playing it really smart because they have a home arena or whatever you want to call it, uh, full sale. They're not touring. They're just going to go live, and then that presentation is always going to be tight and refined because they've been doing it already. AEW going to different arenas where they're at the mercy of ticket sales is going to be Well, place. and it's just
1: also new for them, everything. Yeah. Um,
2: like even the, the time management with um, with the shows, how they would run out of time on
1: their, their pay-per-views. We're That's running out be- of time. We'll see you next. <laughs> That's gonna be an issue. Um, that'll be that'll all play very, very interesting as time goes on. I'm very curious about that. Little nervous about two hours though. I just I'm so over three hours of raw. Like to me, it's the bit number one. If I was to rank the problems with raw, it's every the every week. It would be that problem. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't need it. They
2: didn't need it. But I understand why they have it. It's the wrestling business.
1: I know. They're making money on that third hour. You know, it's the Peter Rosenberg life. So I'm allowed to choose whether it annoys me or not. My thought is it's annoying.
2: If 205 Live stays as its own thing, then that's NXT, Raw, SmackDown, um, 205 Live. That's eight hours of TV right there. Then NXT UK, nine. And that doesn't even count AEW. That's just WWE content, which... You know, it, it's a lot. But as long as they can continue to have every show have their own identity, I don't think NXT or Raw or SmackDown or anybody has to has to worry. But, yeah, for AEW, you're right. It doesn't bode well with them going up against the brand that was, was developmental. I don't think it's fair to call them developmental anymore, but they were developmental. So for AEW to have to face that and to lose that, or even if they're neck and neck with that, that wouldn't be a good sign on on them part.
1: Um. All right. Uh. What? SUG. What about the AEW this weekend? What do you have a card for us? Do you know the card?
2: I do not know the oh, card. Just to
1: tell you, Sasha really got to you this week, huh?
2: <laughs> he says, "Well, Sasha really got she did."
1: Just to tell you. <laughs> By the way, Dipperstein truly on the rampage about Sasha Banks yesterday.
2: Yeah, I love it though. Like I said in the group chat, I love that Dip only has two gears. He either
1: really loves you. Or he really hates you. I mean, he is on fire this week about Sasha Banks. I'm tempted to call him, but I also don't want to derail us for 20 minutes. That's how crazy this man was about how bad he thought Sasha's promo (laughs) was. But the second he sees something bad, he just throws everything out. They're terrible. They're the worst ever. What are we doing? I hate the boots. <laughs> I hate everything. I hate everything the, he does. <laughs> I hate the look. I hate this. I hate that. By the way, um, don't think we have a sponsor this week. So I do want to give a shout out to Ariel Helwani's MMA podcast. Catch it every single week. I believe I do better reads than Ariel does for our podcast, you know. But his are pretty good. He's a nice Canadian gentleman and a huge New York Knicks fan, and the man knows everything there is to know about MMA. So check out Ariel's podcast. So, do you have a card for me, SGJ? I do. Here we go. I do. Are we running through the whole card? I mean, we don't have to preview every match, but okay. Okay. considering okay. I will have only heard of twelve percent of the people on it,
2: so here's a match that you're definitely interested in.
1: You don't know. What, you don't know what I'm interested in. The Cracker
2: Barrel Clash.
1: Oh, yes, you actually got one right.
2: Darby Allen versus Joey Janella versus Jimmy Havoc in. Uh, I don't know why they named it The Cracker Barrel Clash Like, Had to Just sponsor the whole event Why would you sponsor a match
1: They didn't want to dude This is so The funniest thing about it It's like in the press release It's just so WCW It is It's a super is there, is there a sponsor on my shirt No just TNT TNT the network the Just TNT Um, it's just a super duper, I'm not mad at it, turn it into something fun as they were on Twitter, but, I mean, listen, we live in an era where people will tweet about fried chicken sandwiches for two weeks straight, so, who knows, maybe it works. (laughs) I'm
2: reading the press release, and it's it's as ridiculous as the match, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, All Elite Wrestling today announced that Cracker Barrel All Country Store has been Who announced it? All Elite Wrestling.
1: Oh, they announced it. Yeah. I thought it was some website I'd never heard of. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's some promotion that you might uh, have. I've, heard, I've of. heard of it. I've heard of it. Uh, has been named presenting match sponsor of the triple threat bout between Darby Allen, Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc at the upcoming all out event in Chicago on Saturday, August 31st. Dubbed the Cracker Barrel Clash, the match was sanctioned after the disintegration of the partnership between the three wrestlers following their loss at Fight for the Fallen, where the trio teamed up to face Sean Spears. Sammy Guevara, and MJF in a six-man tag team match. After the bout, the three tag team partners had a disagreement that devolved into a wild backstage brawl until AEW officials intervened. and now Allen, Havoc, and Janela will settle their differences in the ring in the highly anticipated three-way match at All Out. Cracker Barrel's relationship with AEW spans years as EVPs Matt and Nick Jackson are super fans of the brand, so because they frequent the restaurant have a I like there.
1: that part of it <laughs>
2: Okay, Cracker Barrel is a good restaurant I'm not going to lie I, enjoy I believe it. it I've never had it But I believe it No it is a good restaurant And uh, they started hanging Brothers on the wall So you know I approve
1: Oh they didn't have Brothers on the wall before No
2: no It was it was very old timey And we know what was Happening in the old towns We don't have to make it This kind of podcast But uh,
1: <laughs> It felt a lot like Sal's Pizzeria <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah it did It did Cracker Barrel has partnered With the duo in the past To create the now iconic Biscuit Party Caps and has also sponsored three of their matches with 660 locations in 45 states. Oh, man, it sucks to be those five states without a Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel frequently hosts AEW wrestlers and their families across the country.
1: Wow. The
2: Cracker Barrel Clash. That's
1: amazing because AEW's only had like four shows where anyone would even be across <laughs> right. the country.
2: Have they ever. Yeah, I guess you could say they've gone across the I country. I mean, they may have stopped
1: on their way home from the airport on <laughs> one trip,
2: Florida, Chicago. Uh, It's not all the way across the country, but I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. All
1: right, sure. I'll play along. The Cracker Barrel Clash marks the first
2: official match sponsorship at an AEW event. The sponsorship includes cross-promotional activities with AEW talent, customized co-branded graphics, in-venue signage, and social media activation. All Out will take place at the Sears Center Arena on Saturday, August 31st. In addition to the Cracker Barrel Clash, other featured matches include Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in the Escalara de la Muerte Triple A World Tag Team Championship, and Cody versus Sean Spears. Now, hold on. Why does it say Triple AAA? Is it Triple A? or is That's it? a mistake. Yeah.
1: That is not what you're supposed to do.
2: All Out will feature a 21-woman Casino Battle Royale during the pre-show, the winner earning a shot at the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship title on Wednesday, October 2nd, in Washington, DC on AEW's first weekly show. Now see the last paragraph is the most important and it's buried at the end after all the cracker barrel stuff. Mm. But yes, the cracker barrel clash. Wait,
1: well, what was the last part at the end that was that buried it? It, ha- it
2: has the matches, it, it tells you when and where all out is uh, the matches and it mentions that the women's championship is going to be blah, blah, depends blah. on their first show. Yeah, that's essentially So they what it managed
1: becomes. so basically though they managed to make it a sponsorship of one match but then tied it into it sounds like other things. Yeah, so
2: it it sounds like they will be sponsoring other matches going forward.
1: It sounds like the beginning of something. Right. There's Just sponsor some, the show though. There's something going on, believe me. <laughs> um Listen, I, I was very amused by it, um, but it. Whatever they can make it work, it doesn't have to be bad. But by the way, it could be bad. And just so you know, I mean, listen, people are going to be grading you on how much you're not doing stuff that w, WWE would do, and people would be like, "That's stupid." Yeah, and this is That's one of those. That's how things. you're being graded.
2: <laughs> this is this is absolutely one of those things because if WWE did a the KFC something or whatever.
1: well, you would be excited. N- no, KFC, no. No, oh, Popeye's only?
2: Popeye's only. That chicken sandwich is delicious. Too. Oh, well, you've I, already had it? I have.
1: Oh, I have. Guys, <laughs> you've heard people talk about it.
2: Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. But, but
1: SGG, of course, has already had it.
2: You're hurting me. I
1: have. And how good is it?
2: I see. It, uh-huh. is, it is very good. I, now, I have not had it side by side with the competitors. So I have to...
1: By the way, you of all people... Should have put up a video sampling them all.
2: I should have. It I really, have. that
1: was your brand, bro.
2: And, and, uh, you know, what makes it more, I do, I owe my listeners and dedicated listeners apology because, um, in Philly, near where I live, there is a Chick fil A that is near a Popeyes that is also near a Wendy's. It's like.
1: Oh, you could have done it.
2: I could have done it. I could have done it and it would have still been hot. I know some people were driving all around and it got cold. Sa- oh, no, you could have done it. Could, it it would have still been hot. It would have still been as intended. But I I opted for just the Popeyes, and I I do have to say, first of all, the size of the bird is quality that you want. Like it's like the size of a fist. It's not like a. It's
1: more Sheldon Benjamin than Chad Gable. Exactly. It's Uh not
2: like a thin chicken breast that you know is then breaded and is mostly you know good size on it. Um, When you take that first bite, you get that crunch of the the crispy skin into the tenderness, juiciness.
1: By the way, this is um, this may not be safe for all listening audiences cuz some of you right. if you're if you're like Greg and how you feel about delicious chicken this is like hearing audio. Can porn. we get some can we get some R&B under this? Yeah, <laughs> you need the right you need the right rhythm. Yeah. We need some we Let need me. some mood music. I'm going to set the scene. But keep yes, going. Please. The the, so, the skin. You're saying the skin so was first, delicious.
2: You know, you have to remember what what's in the sandwich. It's it's uh it's not just the chicken breast, but there's pickles under it. There. There's a there's a secret sauce. And um So, yeah, when you get it in your hand, first of all, like I said, the size of the bird is perfect. It's about the size of a fist, so it's just what you want, just enough to leave you satisfied. And you bite into it, you get past that crispy skin, and what you have is just a juicy, tender chicken breast. And it it goes on like that for many bites. You know, the secrets.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you broke, you broke me. Uh, but yes, it's, it's. I rate that with five stars. Okay, five stars. Ooh. A five star say When it when it comes back to your local Popeyes, please, please. All right, this it. is a
1: very that was a very important message from SGG. Um, real quick, main event. One more time for AW. Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page. For the AEW, oh, World I forgot to th- championship. I'm not gonna lie; I'm so disappointed about Moxley and Omega not happening. Who's the yeah, replacement? Again?
2: It's Pac. It's uh, also known as Neville.
1: Yes, it's Neville. So that's also gonna be a banger. no. It'll be great wrestling, but I, I did I was looking forward to seeing Moxley and Omega. Um, Hopefully, he he can be healthy too, like ASAP. And we can, and you can get ready for a lot of JR. Come Hangman Page. We got Hangman Page over here. He's a wild guy. That Hangman Page I was talking to earlier. <laughs> I was talking to Hangman earlier. Who do you think is going to
2: win that match?
1: Hangman? <laughs> uh, I feel like Jericho has to. Like, I think Jericho should. I, I think you want Jericho to come into the first episode. As your champion. As your champion at Talking Trash. I just think it's more interesting.
2: He gets to say that he was a champion in all these promotions.
1: I, I, I You start that first episode with Jericho at the top of the mountain. You Just be realistic. Him chasing? Why would he be chasing? Everyone should be chasing him.
2: Yeah, or or even like a new champion that, you know, the mainstream doesn't really know. Like, it's going back to TNT. You want to open up with Chris Jericho.
1: I am full. We are in completely simpatico. Um, all right, SGG, let's get out of here. I, I want to go on vacation.
2: All right. You know what? Let, let's wrap this thing up.
1: Um. We'll be back next week. We'll break down what happened. We'll get you closer to uh, Clash of Champions. And, uh, yeah, there's lots more to do, guys. We wanted to get one in, though. Shout out to Drew McIntyre for calling in. Uh, Don't forget, I I will be at, I might be at White Plains this Sunday. I'm definitely going to be at the Garden a week from Monday. Uh, So say hello. SGG, do me a favor this week. Uh, Take it easy, man. Oh, yeah, and enjoy yourself. Thanks. Oh, I have a song to play. Sorry.
2: It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this
1: is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left, the major state.
2: I got Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M- 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 Midge, Midge. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby.